Section 7 of The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 7. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Great Events by Famous Historians, Volume 7, by Charles F. Horne, Rossiter Johnson, and John Rudd burning of the grand master mollet a d thirteen fourteen by henry hart milman the tragedy of the templars had not yet drawn to its close the four great dignitaries of the order the grand master du mollet guy the commander of normandy son of the dauphin of auvergne the commander of aquitaine godfrey de gonneville the great visitor of france hughes de perrot were still pining in the royal dungeons it was necessary to determine on their fate the king and the pope were now equally interested in burying the affair for ever in silence and oblivion so long as these men lived uncondemned undoomed the order was not extinct a commission was named the cardinal archbishop of albi with two other cardinals two monks the cistercian arnold novelli and arnold de fargis nephew of pope clement nicholas de freveville akin to the house of marigny formerly the king's confessor with these the archbishop of sens sat in judgment on the knight's own former confessions the grand master and the rest were found guilty and were to be sentenced to perpetual imprisonment a scaffold was erected before the porch of notre dame on one side appeared the two cardinals on the other the four noble prisoners in chains under the custody of the provost of paris six years of dreary imprisonment had passed over their heads of their valiant brethren the most valiant had been burned alive the recreants had purchased their lives by confession the pope in a full council had condemned and dissolved the order if a human mind a mind like that of de molay could be broken by suffering and humiliation it must have yielded to this long and crushing imprisonment the cardinal archbishop of albi ascended a raised platform he read the confessions of the knights the proceedings of the court he enlarged upon the criminality of the order on the holy justice of the pope and the devout self-sacrificing zeal of the king he was proceeding to the final the fatal sentence and at this instant the grand master advanced his gesture implored silence judges and people gazed in awestruck apprehension in a calm clear voice du molay spoke before heaven and earth on the verge of death where the least falsehood bears like an intolerable weight upon the soul i protest that we have richly deserved death not on account of any heresy or sin of which we ourselves or our order have been guilty but because we have yielded to save our lives to the seductive words of the pope and of the king and so by our confessions wrought shame and ruin on our blameless holy and orthodox brotherhood the cardinals stood confounded 
the people could not suppress their profound sympathy the assembly was hastily broken up the provost was commanded to conduct the prisoners back to their dungeons to-morrow we will hold further counsel but on the moment that the king heard these things without a day's delay without the least consultation with the ecclesiastical authorities he ordered them to death as relapsed heretics on the island in the seine where now stands the statue of henry the fourth between the king's garden on one side and the convent of the augustinian monks on the other the two pyres were raised two out of the four had shrunk back into their ignoble confessions it was the hour of vespers when these two aged and noble men were led out to be burned they were tied each to the stake the flames kindled dully and heavily the wood hastily piled up was green or wet or in cruel mercy the tardiness was designed that the victims might have time while the fire was still curling round their extremities to recant their bold recantation but there was no sign no word of weakness dumolet implored that the image of the mother of god might be held up before him and his hands unchained that he might clasp them in prayer both as the smoke rose to their lips as the fire crept up to their vital parts continued solemnly to aver the innocence and the catholic faith of the order the king himself sat and beheld it might seem without remorse this hideous spectacle the words of dumoulin might have reached his ears but the people looked on with far other feelings stupor kindled into admiration the execution was a martyrdom friars gathered up their ashes and bones and carried them away hardly by stealth to consecrated ground they became holy relics the two who wanted courage to die pined away their miserable life in prison the wonder and the pity of the times which immediately followed arrayed dumoulet not only in the robes of the martyr but gave him the terrible language of a prophet clement iniquitous and cruel judge i summon thee within forty days to meet me before the throne of the most high according to some accounts this fearful sentence included the king by whom if uttered it might have been heard the earliest allusion to this awful speech does not contain that striking particularity which if part of it would be fatal to its credibility i e the precise date of clement's death it was not till the year after that clement and king philip passed to their account the fate of these two men during the next year might naturally so appall the popular imagination as to approximate more closely the prophecy and its accomplishment at all events it betrayed deep and general feeling of the cruel wrong inflicted on the order while the unlamented death of the pope the disastrous close of philip's reign and the disgraceful crimes which attainted the honour of his family seemed as declarations of heaven as to the innocence of their noble victims end of section seven 
Recording by Alan Mapstone.